Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records, May 20th, 2021. This Thursday, Worldwide Brotherhood, Gridiron, Despise, Seven Inch Split, Do Your Thing. Go to the From Within Records Big Cartel, NorthernUnrest.com. Pre order that shit. Go stream the record. Support both of those bands. It's amazing. So shout out to both of them for coming together and putting together something so awesome. Also, July 24th, an amazing day on the calendar. One Scene Unity Comp Volume 2 drops. So many awesome bands coming together for a great cause. It's amazing. I love the idea behind this comp. Volume 1 was amazing, and I know for a fact Volume 2 will be just as good. So if you're not following From Within Records on social media, go boot up your Twitter, your Instagram, and stay up to date on all the current news. Did you catch the latest payback news about the LP coming out or the latest news from MH Chaos? Do yourself a favor and go follow them From Within Records on all social medias. And like I always say, please support From Within Records because they support us. On today's episode, I had to track down two of my favorite people from St. Louis. Put some respect on St. Louis. I know Nelly is amazing and he's repping St. Louis, but please do yourself a favor and put some respect on Time and Pressure. Such an amazing band. I, I, I love them so much and I expressed that early on in the podcast. If you're here and you're not familiar with the band, please hit pause, go to their band camp. Go stream the two songs um, that dropped. It's titled Two Songs because it's two songs um, that are just uh, here to hold you over up until the record comes out later this year, early September. Go pre-order a Flexi. Go buy a tape. Uh, they're seriously such an awesome band. And it was a pleasure for me to be able to sit down with James and Drew again and just catch up with them and talk about the upcoming record and all news with time and pressure and i just love their banter and their relationship it, it, it's fun it's it's fun for me to to be around and to talk to them so go listen to time and pressure such an awesome band and then come back finish the podcast it, it, it was great we, we talked about a lot of awesome things so strap in enjoy the show and without further ado welcome james and drew back to the show Welcome back to the podcast, James and Drew. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Doing great. I'm, I'm stoked uh, that you guys are back on the podcast because I, I definitely enjoyed talking to the both of you last time. Uh, you know, still a fan of the band, and I, I'm just happy to have you guys back. Uh, and you've put out new music since then, so I, I'm just happy that you guys are finally back on the podcast. I'm, I'm just happy someone likes our band after having talked to Drew. <laughs> I'm glad that you threw out the, I'm still a fan of your band. 
<laughs> Nothing changed. Like after our two-hour conversation, I sat and I thought about it for a while, and it was, I could look glare. I could look past the glaring, uh, glaring things that you guys said, and you can still listen to your band. <laughs> well, I, I just want to clarify that the music still holds up because sometimes you know <laughs> people's tastes change, and I, I just wanted to let you guys know that. Uh, you still have me as a fan, and you guys continue. Um, surprisingly, uh, to you know, um, put out consistent good music. Your your guys' style is awesome. Uh, Drew, I uh, you know, I, I appreciate your vocals. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. they're they're great. So uh, I'm I'm seriously just stoked on your guys' band. Hey, I appreciate. Thank it. you. Do you want to turn this podcast into just you telling us how great we are? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'm I, be quiet. And let that uh, happen. No, I, I just want to just set the tone because, uh, you know, I, I'm sure people are aware and, uh, you know, for, for where you guys come from, uh, you know, I'm you know uh, sure that you guys are doing things for your scene and uh, making people more aware and probably inspiring a, a lot of people that you probably have no clue about. Yeah, I, never, I never thought about that. Yeah, I didn't either. And I got this weird crushing weight on my chest. <laughs> No, it's true. Think about it. Like, uh, you know, you, 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 you're in a band in a scene and um, obviously you guys are putting out content uh, and still putting out new content. So obviously there's um, other people out there listening, not just me. So, uh, you know, they're going to be influenced one way or another. Yeah, that's a good point. That makes it sound less daunting. <laughs> yeah. But OK, before we uh, talk about the new record coming out, I, I just kind of want to build up from the last time I had you guys on obviously it's it's been a minute but um last time I I had reached out because you guys had put out the the full length but since then uh, you guys did a split with Discourage Mm -hmm. and I I haven't had a chance to talk to you guys about that but I'm curious how that split came together um so last time we talked I think we were heading out to California I think we were like a month maybe six weeks out from those shows Mm mm-hmm um, and they were with Discourage, and the whole thing happened with Discourage was um, they Matt actually reached out to me. Their drummer Matt reached out to me and asked if I knew anybody that wanted to do a split with them. So I, I gave him a few bands from like this area. It didn't really pan out with some of them, so he I was just like, "We'll do it. We haven't put anything out. We don't have anything really coming up. Like we'll we'll go ahead and throw a couple songs, and it'll be fun." And that's kind of how that happened. I did the art for that split, and then. I don't even think we had like planned the tour yet by that point or like had planned. We wanted to go to that, that side of the country, but I don't think it was like the idea was to go over there and do those shows with them and spirits and whoever else was on like random legs of those shows. But yeah, it just kind of happened that they were planning to do a split and needed a band. And we just kind of jumped in because we knew Matt when he was in dying for it. That's how we met Matt. Mm-hmm. So he's just like always kept in contact with all of, most of us and, yeah, it just kind of came together that way. And then ever since then, I've just been kind of back and forth with those guys. Okay, that's awesome. Uh, and those songs that you guys had on the split, was that something you guys just um, wrote for the split? Or was that something you guys just kind of had, it, uh, you know, just like on a hard drive somewhere? Or were you guys just waiting for, to put those two songs on something else? Um, so when we, when we approached the split, we were kind of trying to figure out what we wanted to do because we were starting to write the LP at that point, like the newest LP at that point, I think. So we wanted to, I think what we did was we rewrote the intro to a demo song and then we just re-recorded that whole song and then we uh we had a song that i had written back when i think we were still like working on demo songs mm-hmm. but it was always just a song that we had that we it was just never finished we played it live for a little while and then we stopped in 2019 like the early part of 2019 we stopped playing it and we kind of just sat on it for a long time 
then we finally flushed it out. So that's how uh, Psalm 38.9 ended up being on that record too. It was just, we had a couple songs just kind of lying around in different various stages of finished and not finished. And that's what we threw on. We were going to do two songs and a cover, but we just ended up doing those two. Okay. Well, uh, Split was awesome. I, I appreciated uh, those two songs that you guys put on there. And uh, the, the, the song that, that you mentioned, uh, Psalm, uh, was that chapter, was that 39 or 38? I'm trying 38, to... 38.9. Oh, 38.9. Yeah. Um, uh, <clears throat> are you guys a, a religious band or is that just uh, for that no, song title? That's, that's, that's Drew's Creed influence coming through. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I, so, like, uh, for some reason, I find, like, Christian imagery really interesting um religious imagery in general but like christian imagery is just like what i was exposed to whenever i was younger and it just kind of comes out in the stuff that i was writing um i mean there's a bunch of it all over uh all of the stuff that we've done as a band mm-hmm. um, and yeah the song is called psalm 38 9 really because like i was one of the reasons why we kind of just stopped playing the song uh, for so long is because I could never come up with a title for it. And I think it's incredibly pretentious to call a song untitled. So I was like, for a long time, uh, the song would start off with this dun 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 dun. And we just called it the Terminator song because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> it sounded like the beginning of the, that beat from the Terminator theme song. Um, and uh yeah so like after a while it's just like this song is not finished it doesn't seem right i want to change some of the lyrics we want to we you know eventually we were going to change some of the music and then it came down to like i think we had the song recorded maybe we didn't yet i can't remember but i was just like we got to come up with a name i got i had to come up with a name for the song i didn't know what it was and then i just started like poking around at um like looking at bible verses uh and trying to find one that matched and i just came across like that one uh psalm 38 9 and really it should be 38 9 and 10 but i thought that was going to be too long of a title so Mm -hmm. but uh yeah it just fit with what i had written i was like all right we'll stick with that and my mom who is very religious thinks that it's a like a song about like religion like she thinks that it's like a like a christian song which is weird because like she knows me very well and knows that like i'm not a religious person and so like she's always really excited she's always like i really want to talk about what that song's about and i always say no spirit-filled hardcore man that's us now okay and i if i'm being honest i i was i I was kind of left in the dark so that's why that was an important question for me uh, whether you guys, uh, you know, were going to be or not doesn't change the way that I look at the band. I, I was just curious because of the song title. Yeah, I think I think um, there are, there's probably a good amount of people who do mm-hmm. wonder that, um, and especially because this song, that song, the, the 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 split didn't get as much traction as our like earlier record or even really our demo um and a lot of that is just because like of the time that it came out you know it came sure. out in what may of last yeah year? it was like yeah. mid-may <laughs> we yeah. we recorded the songs i think a, like a week or two before we were supposed to go to california so probably like a week or probably like three weeks before like lockdown started happening 
Yeah. And I, I, I do remember, uh, you know, the, you guys were supposed to head out here and then it, it, it got canceled because I, I didn't Dude, see it. Got the, the day before we were supposed to get on the plane, basically. Because yeah. Dave was out of town for work and then came back and everyone that he went on this work trip with had to quarantine. Oh, wow. And it was within, it was in like the first like, like couple weeks of like just single cases popping up here. Mm-hmm. So he's just like, I can't, I can't go. Like his job was just like, if you leave and like we find out you leave, you can get in a lot of trouble, blah, 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 stuff. And then, yeah, like the day before we we're just like, well, shit, I guess we're not going, which I mean, turned out obviously turned out for the best. Cause I feel yeah. like, I think we would have gotten stuck in California and had to drive back. I don't think, I think flights stopped at like a certain point while we would have been there. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like after shows. I don't think that we actually could have gone. If I remember correctly, the way that the timeline <clears throat> like matched up, um, they had already shut things down. Yeah, shows shows like that we uh, had booked were were canceling like mm-hmm. that same day and like the same because Discourage and Spirits Spirits was who we we're gonna do the full run with and they were gonna continue on, but um, yeah, as as it got closer, they they bailed too just because shows were starting to cancel and logistics wise, it just wouldn't make sense and so yeah, it sucks. But yeah, no, it, it, it definitely was a bummer. I I remember uh, looking at the calendar and being like wait, is this going to be affected? And slowly but surely everything was getting knocked off because of the pandemic. But obviously, I you know for a good reason. Uh, it makes sense because at the time, uh, nobody felt safe to, to, to go out and do that. Um, but speaking about being safe, I, I kind of want to put that um, on pause for a second. Uh, last thing about the split, uh, the recording of the split was kind of um, all over the place. I, I was curious. Oh gosh. Um, I, I was curious uh, why that was and how you guys ended up uh, getting it mixed and mastered by um, Wyatt. Um, so, uh, like, shout out Knife. Uh, yeah, the tall man. Uh, so we recorded. So we went to a studio here. Mm-hmm. I got the name of the studio confused with another studio that had like kind of a similar name. So we went there. We recorded it got the roughs back and we we're all just like oh my god this sounds horrible the only thing that was salvageable was the drums oh, wow. so we kept the drums and then the guitar and the bass were recorded at dave's house on on garage band and then we sent them to wyatt and wyatt reamped everything and mixed and mastered it and then i think drew did his where did you do your vocals at did you do your vocals at that studio I did them at the studio, yeah. Okay, yeah. So everything, everything except for drums and vocals, uh, were done on GarageBand, and then sent to Wyatt. We sent Wyatt the stems. He reamped them, and then mixed and mastered them down. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a whole process. It was a pain in the ass, but yeah, Wyatt did Wyatt did a great job. He salvaged like a hot pile of garbage and made it sound a lot better. Yeah, that dude is awesome. I appreciate his work and i i know he worked with a lot of great bands so when i saw that he mixed and mastered uh your guys stuff, i was like all right that, that, that's cool but yeah. i did the uh the promo that we have coming out tomorrow he uh-huh. did that as well um we've known why i mean why it's in chemical fix like we've done a couple tours with them and talk to them pretty often still and yeah i that's one thing i want to do with whatever we put out next or whatever we put out eventually i, w- I would like to go like fly out to philly and record with him for a while uh-huh. hell yeah no i he records a lot of great bands like he did that x side record this weekend and like mm-hmm. i saw that stuff that he stuff that he does makes me want to listen to it because i know that like he's got a good ear for stuff and we kind of have like somewhat similar tastes and things so i i, I listened to x side because of him recording the lp and actually ended up liking it a lot so i'd like to record with him why it's great he's got a good ear for like what we want to do and stuff like that too so it's just a matter of getting there i guess yeah 100 percent. whenever i get to get out to uh, his area like 
that's like one thing I want to do is go check out his uh, knife layer mm-hmm. just because I'm you know such a fan of the, a lot of the records that he's worked on. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just like a practice space and he just happens to have like thousands and thousands of dollars worth of equipment there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, obviously this is a, a more current topic, uh, but I kind of wanted to touch on it. Uh, you, there was a, a show that happened in New York and then a, a show more recently happened in California um and i I, i'm just curious about your guys' thoughts on it because i I think i saw drew posting or tweeting about it um uh but it it didn't seem like he was a fan but i'm I'm just curious uh you know um, i'll 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 let him go first because i might yeah he can go first (laughs) yeah uh so i don't know um i think that it was really stupid okay I, i think that it was really dumb i think that uh the people who did it um were trying to justify it as that if it was some kind of altruistic thing when it was really just they wanted to do a show they were they were tired of uh having to be on lockdown they were trying to uh flex their nuts about being like uh you know oh we're anti-authority which is stupid because the authority is not the people telling anyone to like be careful of this virus Mm -hmm. uh the government was trying to get people to go back to work as early as june last year um they were basically telling everybody to sacrifice themselves for the economy uh and so this whole idea of we're being counterculture is uh frankly childish and ridiculous that anybody uh would would try to i don't know push push this up on an altar as like we're doing the right thing we're doing a good thing look what we're doing for people and i also uh one of the things look if this was straight up i will if it's just like you're the person you you put yourself in that position and you get sick and you die good less people i do not care Mm -hmm. you you know you know like i i I got no tolerance for people who are uh, willingly putting themselves in harm's way. Um, fine, cool. You you probably had a good run, and the the the, the, the human race is going to be better off without you. Great, um, but unfortunately, that's not the way that fucking viruses work. So, like, it's it was just so stupid that that uh, all these people were you know trying to push it as like a a oh it's a it's it's our form of a protest okay cool that sounds really it just it sounded so stupid that people were saying that especially whenever like in a country in a country where uh a large portion of the population doesn't have the same access to health care uh that your everyday middle-class white person does, uh, you being like, okay, well, I'm going to do what I want to because who cares what the government thinks? You know, you are willingly putting yourself in a position to spread harm to marginalized communities. Um, and whether or not they choose to accept that, uh, that was a racist act. Uh, and that's the way that I see it. Um, I, you know, I, I teach, I teach teenagers who are predominantly black and, uh, uh, you know, if they're not black, they are, 
uh, like Mexican immigrants or the children of Mexican immigrants. And many of the students at my school buried their family members this year, or they got the virus themselves. And uh, a lot of that is because of the way that their community is denied things like healthcare. So I took a lot, of, I, I, I mean, you can tell, you can probably tell that like this, it gets me riled up just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. The fact that people just would willingly put themselves in a position and where they could potentially cause harm to communities that aren't their community and then boost it up as like, Oh, hell yeah. We're just having a good time. No, that's stupid. And that is, that is an act of violence. So I don't know. I, I, I don't care what justification anybody can have for it. Um, if it was just killing them, I would be all for it, but it's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I saw you tweeting about that and, uh, I thought about it when I'm the the, the lead up to this and I've had on a lot of uh, you know, friends on the podcast who were pro for the show in New York. And, uh, you know, that's fine. But I also wanted to, you know, let someone like you, who also I, I consider a friend, but I knew didn't have that same view come on and speak because obviously I'm not out here trying to push one side when it comes to, you know, this topic. And I'm, I, I see your point. Like for, for me, um, I, I didn't condemn anybody. Um, I just hope that whoever went took the precautions afterwards to protect the people that didn't have a choice in the situation, you know, because the pe- people they come in contact with after, you know, whether it be coworkers or just random people out in public, you know, they didn't have a choice in that matter. So I just hope that and I'm sure a lot of people didn't, but it was just you know the, the way that I thought. I just wish that people uh, you know took that extra step to you know stop the spread, even though, you know, they all went out. Uh, because there's a lot of people who that they were going to come in contact with afterwards that just, uh, you know, could be affected, but didn't have the choice when it came to them going to that show. I think, too, what what the, the big difference is, is just the, um, you know, they talked about this on on the Axe to Grind podcast, is that there was a certain level of optics to this show, uh, specifically the, the one in New York, because that was the one they were discussing at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, where you have all these people you know gathering in this space when we know that it is unsafe to do so and then again positioning it positioning it as if it was somehow like you know anti anti authoritarian uh anti government and anti uh uh you know um I don't know, just it, it, the, the idea of this being some kind of a protest was so stupid. Um, and it's, it came down to like people being like, oh, well, you have to respect John Joseph and Freddie Madball and, you know, uh, uh, Jimmy Gestapo because they're like, they, and, and the people who put the show together because they're, uh, they're seasoned, they're veterans and stuff like that. I do not give a shit about any of those people. I don't care. I set, set it off. It's a cool song. I'll even listen to some of the stuff on Legacy. What do I care what Freddie Madball is doing? Freddie Madball has no bearing on my life. Uh, John Joseph has even less bearing on my life. Uh, I There was this, this, this weird, like, 
oh, well, these people were doing stuff before you were born. I don't care. I'll be doing stuff after they're dead. Like it's, you do not get, you do not deserve respect just because like, I don't know, 30 years ago, you were able to I don't know, see the Cro-Mags with their original lineup. I don't care about that. If you're stupid, you're stupid. And I'm going to tell you that you're being stupid. Uh, this, you know, this whole idea in hardcore that you have to automatically celebrate what came first. A lot of stuff that came before, like now, sucks. It just does. There's no, like, there's no reason to pretend that it doesn't. And so then to be like, well, we have to respect them because they paved way. I don't care about that. Hardcore is built around the idea of nobody being a rock star, nobody being above anybody else, which definitely means that uh, John Joseph is not above my criticism. He doesn't care what I have to say. He's not going to care what I have to say. I doubt he has the brain power to even care about what I have to say because that guy's a moron. But I don't know. Show is whack. <laughs> All right. And no, it, it was just important for me to to hear your side because I, you know, like I said, I, I, I want to, um, you know, give everybody um a, a chance to speak their mind on here. And especially when it's, it's like such as like, a, a, like I don't want to say like hot topic because I was a couple of weeks ago, but like, you know, people are still arguing about it because we're at this weird point right now where um in like the pandemic there, like we can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, I'm sure you guys are hearing, of, uh, you know, tours being booked behind the scenes and even out here, venues are already announcing shows for happening in November. So it's just like, um, it kind of happened in a weird time. Cause it's like, it, it seemed like that was yeah. like the, the starting point of where shows are, are quote unquote back. And now it's just like, the, it's like just slowly like turning to the snowball where things are just going to be happening like they were before the pandemic when it, it comes to shows. Yeah, there was like it's like a transitional period right now where like things are basically almost kind of getting back to normal. Mm -hmm. Like we're not not quite back to normal, but like we're getting to the point where things are we're able to talk about things getting back to normal. True, true. Um, but they're not back to normal yet. So like you know, five thousand people in, uh, in you know in a park in New York city is not doing anybody any favors except for people who want to stroke their egos because, you know, like they, they sing the songs that Harley Flanagan wrote many years ago. Question. <laughs> if the New York show happened after the LA show and with the climate now where, uh, you know, there's these States announcing June 15th, this date where things are going to, you know, restrictions are going to be lifted uh, out here in California, the mask mandate is going to be gone. Uh, do you think it would still have the same controversy? I think if there was some kind of, so like today, I don't know when you're going to put this, uh, up, but, uh, today Soon. is, is the day that, uh, the day that we're talking is the day that the CDC announced that like people outside don't have to wear masks anymore if they've been fully vaccinated. Oh, I say inside too. Yeah. It's, um, indoors. You're yeah, fully yeah, vaccinated. Yeah. You don't have to distance or mask anymore. Yeah, basically, if you're not in a jail mm -hmm. or a hospital, then uh, you can go maskless if you've been vaccinated. Mm -hmm. um, if that show, if that show, either of those shows happened tomorrow, tomorrow, they would not have gotten as much heat as they're getting. I mean, the the LA one really isn't getting as much heat. I think because everybody's just tired about. First of all, the, the, the L.A. one, like nobody tried to make that anything that it wasn't. 
Yeah. I've never, I haven't heard anybody say anything other than just like, oh, we thought it would be cool to light off fireworks and Alpha and Omega would play. Yeah. Like, was, by my understanding, that was, that was, um, like those types of shows put on by those people have been happening through the entire pandemic. This is just the first one that they actually like advertised and there was a big yeah. turnout for, and people actually like, filmed. A, do you know, do you know the all gas, no breaks guy? I know. I don't, I'm not, I'm not familiar. So all gas, no breaks was a channel. Basically it's like, it was a, it was a younger guy um, who wore like a tan suit and he drove around the country interviewing people trying to make them look dumb that's what it was okay um so he went to like a uh a donald trump jr uh uh book signing um and listened to like a woman rap about donald trump uh sounds terrible yeah it's it's pretty awful uh he went to like uh at the beginning of the pandemic like last last year he went to like places where people were still having spring break even though like uh it was very clearly unsafe to do so um and any you just interview people and make them look stupid um he did go to minneapolis during the initial round of protesting okay and he actually put out a pretty good video where he is not like enticing he's clearly not like egging people on to make them look dumb he's just listening to them true okay uh, which was actually really cool um anyway he he his channel got like shut down um and then he got uh hired by channel five news which is tim and eric's like youtube channel uh they sent him to not the alpha and omega show but like the previous show the week before oh wow uh, and he interviewed people there and uh, he doesn't really have to try that hard to make them look dumb. But now I'm curious, because if I'm being honest, I didn't know there was a show a week before the Alpha and Omega show. So I'm going to have to go yeah, seek out that video because I'm really I, curious. I it went up online the week before. Maybe it's from like before that. Yeah, uh, I don't know exactly how long ago it was filmed, but uh, I mean, it's, it, there's a ton of people. And, uh, I was at the Alpha and Omega show to, you know, to be clear, I, I've, I've talked about it on a couple episodes. It was, uh, you know, so way more wild than I had anticipated because I, I, I got warned. You know, I, I talked to some people behind the scenes and they're like, hey, if you've never been to these kind of things, like they're fun, but they're crazy. Just, you know, just, yeah. uh, you know, this is what you're going to be in for. So I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, you know, I, I went by myself. Uh, you know, I, I reached out to some friends like, hey, uh, you guys want to go? And people called me crazy for uh, even thinking about going. So I, I went. It was just as crazy as you saw in all those videos. And um, uh, and thankfully, uh, you know, it's uh, you know, a couple of days later and I'm, I'm you know, don't have COVID again. Uh, I'm still fine. So thankful for that. Got tested, everything. And uh, uh, and for all I know, I haven't infected anybody. But uh, it, it, yeah, it, it, it's, um, it, it was interesting because obviously the, the L.A. show, there wasn't like any like, you know, weird speeches or anything. It was just like, hey, here's a show or uh, flyer for a show. It's just going to be fun. And the vibe when I was there, everybody seemed like they were there just to have a fun night. Uh, you know, anybody, all the strangers that I came in contact with, nobody was like weird. Everybody just seemed super nice. And it was a strange vibe because I hadn't been in that setting in over a year. Right. And to, to I think to, that's the main difference is just like the age difference between like the crowds of the thing too. Like New York was definitely like an older crowd, 
and and I think the LA show was definitely centered more towards like people like our age. But I'm not like I'm not catching a fucking cold to go see Wisdom and Chains, let alone fucking COVID. So like, mm-hmm. I mean, my my opinion on like just the whole situation in general is just, like people are gonna be fucking stupid and do what they want to do. So I mean, it, it's unfortunate that other people are gonna have to deal with those repercussions, and especially when it's like. I feel like, like Drew said, at this point, we were kind of in a transitional period to mm-hmm. where like, oh, like things may be happening in August would be like chill. But there's also the argument that the first handful of shows that are going to happen are going to be heavily criticized because some well, people now, think it's right and some people aren't. Yeah, and now they're not. Now they're not. They, they ripped the Band-Aid off. Yeah, because, you, you know, you're going to have smaller shows, 100, 200 cap venues. We're going to have these shows and stuff like that. But now it's like, well, there was... A couple thousand people in this area and everyone's fine now just like well, how the fuck do you know did you fucking contact tracing when you did this no you probably didn't and you're just assuming because you don't want to feel like an asshole for it for somebody dying or getting sick so i i don't know it's i feel like we were just fucking so close and now it's just like shit i'm not booking anything until like next year probably at this point because i'm not gonna be an asshole and uh, I, I don't there's just like a very big lack of like personal responsibility. But I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm not surprised. I saw criticism of one show over the other, mm-hmm. but like trying to find consistent opinions and hardcore kids on fucking Twitter is almost impossible. So yeah, it, it was, I, it was I, I, I saw some dude get called out. Somebody like, uh, you know, called him out on Instagram. Cause he was like, I guess he criticized the New York show, but was like stoked on the LA show. Yeah. That's this dude. Uh, he has this account called justified arrogance. It's this dude named James, uh, I think his last name is Kubar. Uh, oh, he was just, just going to dox him. <laughs> no, he, his, his Instagram was really cool. He used to post like all these like old pictures and like yeah. he did a lot of bootlegs and stuff like that. And it was more like an archival type of account. And then he, I guess once COVID hit, he was just like, well, I guess people uh, care about my opinion. I mean, nobody really did, but apparently he thought fucking otherwise. And then he got bullied, I guess. And then just deleted his whole account when someone called him out on it. Yeah, that's so sad uh, because it's like, like, why can't you just be yourself and be consistent, you know, to to try to, you know, uh, go at people for going to the New York one. But then like not even, you know, like, uh, you know, two weeks later, like just take your fucking L and go. True. Like, holy shit. There's nothing more annoying than someone like clawing and just being like, oh, no, no, I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to do this. Like, dude, just take your fucking L and go. Please, you'll be better for it, and people will fucking forget about it in a week anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah, because now people are just laughing because you got oh, called yeah, out. <laughs> it's it's embarrassing, and um, you know, and for, for me, I if I was in that position, yeah, I would uh, try to take my L and own it because for for you to try to you know act one way and then get called out for you know being fake, it, that's that, that's just so whack. That's why I always encourage people, yo, just be yourself. It's not that hard. I think we have to admit um, in hardcore, there is a um, not only are there a number of un, of like uneducated people, but there are there's um, a certain group within hardcore who kind of like uh, they they really encourage you to not be educated. Um, and that's on like both sides. You know, there are like the, the particularly woke people um who also do hold that kind of opinion and uh my point in bringing that up is that a sign of an a a sign of an educated person is being being able to admit that you are wrong or that you have done something wrong Mm -hmm. um and when someone can't admit that they were wrong they they're going to lose a certain a certain level of credibility 
Yeah, hundred um, percent. I I agree with that. And I I I I'm a pretty opinionated guy. I will admit when I am wrong. I do it all the time. I don't all the time because I'm usually not wrong because I'm so great. But like, <laughs> Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ! Oh wow! Oh wow! He he had me right up until that point. I'm like, oh here we go. He's I just stroke because I knew exactly his exactly ego. Fucking, I knew where he was going. That's I can great. see it in his dumb fucking face. And now that we ha- now that you have Zoom and like we can see each other, I can see his dumb fucking smug face. That's I so hate funny. him so much. That's so funny, but. Um, yeah, no, I, I totally see where, where you're coming from, Drew. It's like, yeah, for, for me, I, I know for a fact that I'm not a perfect person. I I do research and stuff that like I, I'm into or if I'm uneducated in certain things that pique my interest, I'll go and try to do some research so I could you know, have a better understanding and I'll still ask questions, right? Because just because I do a little bit of research, that's not going to be like, oh, cool. Like I unlocked everything. I know it all. Boom. No, it's like I'd rather have a discussion with somebody who has more knowledge on something that I do to gain that knowledge, right? So I get, gain better perspective and not um, sound like an idiot when I try to speak on something that I don't really know about. Yeah, one of my one of my favorite things to do uh, when I'm having like discussions with people um, is kind of ask them like how they got to the opinion that they did. Okay. Um, I do it in my classroom a lot because it's like you know that's that's basically what like literature is in in the educational sense like you i ask you how you feel about something and then you explain how you got to that conclusion and so yeah i'll ask people like how did you get to this what what did you read that got you there that that you know pertaining to whatever subject we're talking about many many times people will say oh i didn't I haven't read this or ha- I haven't seen this thing you're talking about, but they're still giving me opinion. So I'll always, I will always point out. So you're giving an opinion of something you don't know about. And I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Cause I feel like me asking that question says way more than me trying to like prove them wrong at that point. Yeah. Cause it'd be really hard to prove somebody wrong on something they don't really know about. I mo- mainly that that I, I'll do that whenever people have very strong opinions about uh, about movies, stuff that no. doesn't matter, but like it does sure. matter. No, I totally get that. I, uh, well, since you brought it up, uh, are, are you still doing the, your movie thread? Because I, I know I saw it like the beginning of the year, but I, I don't know if I've seen it recently. Uh, are you talking on Twitter? Yes. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of explain. Uh, just a few years ago, um, I don't know why. I just wanted to keep track of every movie that I watched one year, um, whether I had seen it before or not, or whether I was watching it multiple times uh, over the course of that year. And so I would just like upload a screenshot of it. And uh, a lot of people really liked that I did that. I don't know why. Um, it was really just like for my own personal, like, oh, it'd be cool to like look back and see how many movies I watched this year. Uh, and so I do that every year now. Um, I am still doing it, but... It has been between last year and this year, it's been really hard for me to sit down and watch a movie because I guess I figured out this year that that's a very like social thing for me is to like share a movie experience with at least one other person. Okay. Uh, which I guess is why I like going to the movies so much. Um, so like for me to just sit down and watch a movie by myself has been really, really difficult the the last year or so. Um, so with spending all this time 
away from like large groups of people, not going to the movies um, and really only hanging out with like one or two people. Uh, usually, I mean, it's, it's, and if we, if we don't, if we just don't watch a movie that day, then like, I did, I'm not going to watch a movie until the next time we do. So yeah, I am doing it. The last movie I watched was the Mitchells versus the machines. And it was really good. Okay, well, maybe it's just my Twitter algorithm that it, it, it's not popping up on my you feed. Gotta, you gotta set that to uh, uh, to chronological. No, th- that's what, what what I have because that's what I think in my mind makes most sense. Um, or maybe it's just timing. It could be that too. I mean, you know. Yeah, because it's not like I'm on there twenty four seven. I I check it when I can, because uh, that's where you're I get. All, tell me, you're trying to tell me that you don't get my updates to your phone? Is that what you're saying? Wow. Uh, well, I don't have your notifications. We were friends. Well, I don't have your notifications on. Okay, I'll I'll, I mean, I'll turn them on <laughs> after this. It'll just be at. It'll be I'll like that. <laughs> at three in the morning at your time. You'll see a message. Just be like, oh, I had a dream. I was eating beanie weenies inside of a pickup truck with a naked girl. And then you'll be like, well, what the hell? Why did I? Yeah, it's not great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But to be fair, uh, since we had you on last, uh, you know, you guys don't really seem that distant from me because I, I have been seeing a lot of your posts on Instagram and Twitter. So it's like, you know, I, I see stuff um, from you guys pretty frequently. So uh, even though we, we haven't really had a, sat down and had a long form conversation, uh, you guys don't feel like strangers. I've had I've had conversations with you that you don't know about, because what I do is I listen to your podcast and then I, I answer the questions that you're asking. And it's like we're talking. That's how I've uh, that's how I've made it seem like I have friends. Okay. Well, I. <laughs> well, I. I got Drew, I got Drew uh, shadow banned from Instagram for like a little while too. Maybe I should do that for Twitter. Wow. <laughs> shadow banned. That's such a crazy term. I reported all of. Uh, I reported all of Drew's selfies as hate speech. Oh wow! <laughs> That's so mean. Yeah, and then like nobody needs to see that. I counted it the other day. You've taken eleven selfies this year. I was making fun of you to somebody else. And I was just like, "Yeah, he deserves this. I don't feel bad about this. I'm doing it for y'all." I don't. I don't feel bad. I think. I think it says more about you that you think it's weird that uh, I would take a picture of myself. I don't think it's weird. I just think it's wrong. That's so funny. Okay. Um, I know what you look like. Everybody else knows what you look like. James, you don't need to keep James seeing abides. It. James abides by very strict gender norms, and so he thinks that that's feminine of me. No, I don't think it's feminine. I think it's fucking annoying. I don't care who does it. It's still annoying. It's annoying when other people do it, but it's really annoying when you do it. He has he's 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 said some very harsh things about women just today to me. Oh, are you trying to get Shut him canceled? You're trying to get James canceled on Listen, on the podcast. You can try. You can try. Guess what's gonna fucking happen to you, bitch? You know what's gonna happen. You're gonna <laughs> die, or it's gonna come right back at you. Because guess what? Oh, it always fucking people, goes. People have tried oh, to cancel me and James over like very bogus things because okay. they got mad at us. Ter- um, that's annoying. And, and when it happens, every time, literally every, every time, time, you come to my house with that bullshit, you die every time. <laughs> Uh, every time that it has happened, the person has either um, gotten canceled themselves because they actually did something. Oh, wow. Uh, or or the person has died. That is all right. Well, and the thing is, the I, weird thing is both of those numbers are more than one person. Yeah, it's it's a lot. I feel like it's because we wrote Psalm 38 9. We write with the fucking Lord. He's got our back. We're spirit filled hardcore. He's just dropping, <laughs> dropping many suckers. 
that is so funny man yeah I, yeah cancel culture is uh so weird um I, I I got I, some dude got canceled like when like that storm was happening and and this is always successful me, but uh, yeah I, I got a text like yo you need to stop being friends with so and so and I was just dumbfounded I'm like yo I'm not even friends with that person and why why would you even think I'm friends with this I've never tweeted about this person I've never posted a picture with with this I've never even hung out with this person and I'm getting like accused of right. being friends with this person who got canceled and it was so strange to me because I'm like I wonder what else people like think about me that isn't true but it's, it's, it's yeah it's, it's, it's crazy it's weird that it always comes in waves I've noticed like what was it last summer I yeah. think it was just like another it's it's wild that it comes in waves but I guess it makes sense given that like you know a lot of people don't want to talk about it, but when they see others talk about it they feel like like they're able to like they feel more comfortable so it's always wild how it just like every so often it just comes in waves and it fucking sucks that it does that yeah i was in this group chat uh man all right fuck it i'm just gonna talk about it but i, I won't say any names because i don't want to get anybody uh you know offended or in trouble but i was in this group chat and during that time when people were getting called out left and right this person chimed in in the group chat like yo like i knew uh that person was uh you know this and that and they did this and they even tried this with me and I was, and then I just kind of chimed in. I'm just like, yo, if you knew that, why didn't you say anything before? And they like, you know, tried like attacking me about it. But I'm just like, I was just, you know, just curious. I'm like, if you were just like sitting on all this information, that person was such a scumbag and you knew that they were out there, you know, doing all this like, you know, bad stuff. And, uh, and I don't want to say all these weird trigger words. Cause I don't want anybody to get uh, like, you know, uh, triggered. So, um, you guys know what I'm talking about, but anyways, this person was just like, you know, claiming that they had all this knowledge and that they were even put in a situation by this person. And I was like, why didn't you say anything? Like, why is it okay? Like, why are you so okay, uh, with it now and claiming that like, you know, you had all this cool information and like, kind of like bragging about it to the group chat. And mm-hmm. it, I was like, this is so stupid. And I was like, I can't, I, I can't deal with you. So I, I just quit. That's what quit, led me to quit the group chat. Damn. It's like the revenge season group yeah. chat. And like, was I that, get. Were you, were you in the, the revenge season group chat? Is that what it was? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> um, but it's like, I, I get no, people, it, it's it's hard to come out and tell your story. But when this person's coming out, like, you know, trying to act cool that they had all this knowledge about this person yeah, being like, a shitty person. Weird. Yeah, that's like, weird. That's weird. Someone else's trauma to, like, like yeah, yeah, man, I was in the. That's, that's like the same weird energy of someone being like, yeah, I knew this tour was going to get announced like three months beforehand. Like, that's fucking weird, man. You should stop saying that about like, like something horrible happening to somebody. Yeah, it's yeah. You're not getting any. You're not getting social points, or you're not getting more followers about for this dumb shit. And it was, it was just so frustrating to me. That's the thing that bothers me about cancel culture as a concept. Um, not that like I don't think there's anything wrong with calling somebody out and being like, "Hey, this person uh, did this," and if you're you should know that if you're going to support this person mm-hmm. um i don't think there's anything wrong with trying to hold people accountable for certain things um i do think that there's something wrong with people who are only excited about that happening because they want to be in on the gossip 100 uh, and you can tell you can tell those people like from a mile away uh if somebody does something really heinous, somebody does something really bad, yeah, let people know about it. And if you're uncomfortable letting people know about it, um, and and somebody else comes forward, and you know, then you share your story. More power to you. You know, you should be you should feel safe enough to be able to share that story, to share your experience, 
and to let people know that this person has done something and they should probably be held accountable for it. I'm on board for that. But when you get the people who just want to be part of the, they just want to see somebody burn mm-hmm. and they don't care if it's someone who did something or somebody who maybe didn't do something, they just want to be part of it. That's where I, I, I think that uh, cancel culture gets muddy. Yeah. I, I, and I, it pains me that I can't remember um, this guy. Uh, he got called out and you know girls were coming left and right with like th- their stories right you know these long detailed stories and i was uh you know going through and, and reading them and just it just so surprised at how like scummy this dude was to so many different people right and then i get to this one uh reply and it was this girl and she was telling the story about how uh he uh wanted to hold her hand during a madball show and that was her input on like the whole situation when girls were, you know, getting things you know done to them like a million times worse. And I was just like, wait, I'm like, he was trying to hold your hand during a Madball show. Like, why do you think that's appropriate to try to chime in and be a part of what's going on when these girls are actually going through like, you know, traumatizing stuff that is, you know, way worse than somebody trying to hold your hand. It, it, it just blew my mind. I was like, yeah, I, I, don't I, mean, I hate. Yeah, I was just like, people are so stupid and people want to. And it's just like, you don't have to be like a part of everything. Right. You know, when, when shit goes down, when like, you know, there's big things going on, like you don't always have to be a part of everything. It's like, dude, like sometimes you're just not a part of it. And that's there's, fine. There's there's definitely like a, a little bit of a weird stigma to now um, where people try to say like, oh, <laughs> you didn't talk about this online. Uh, so that must mean that you're siding with. Um, you know, like, oh, you didn't give your opinion on this. You mm-hmm. didn't talk about this, you know, True. on your social media. Um, and uh, there are a lot of things that I don't talk about on social media mm-hmm. because number one, sometimes it's not my place. 100%. Um, I'm, you know, I'm an opinionated, we, I, we talked about this. I'm an opinionated guy. I have an opinion on most everything. Um, but there are times when it's not my place to give my opinion. And secondly, my opinion on social media doesn't mean anything if you can just scroll past it. My opinion in person has more of an impact. I think that that's the thing is that people assume that because you don't post about something on social media, you're not having these actual conversations with with people. Um, A lot of times I'm having those conversations with teenagers at school. Mm -hmm. Because we're talking about things like, you know, I had to, I, for example, I had to give a, uh, uh, give a reasoning, you know, this week in my classes for why we say, why it's more appropriate to say postal carrier versus mailman. Because I said, we don't call anybody male lady or male woman, do we? And they were like, well, some people do. And I said, okay, well, what about people who don't identify as male or female? What do we call them? And then, you know, the, the students didn't, first of all, a lot of them didn't understand that concept because the idea of like gender non-conforming doesn't make sense to a lot of teenagers. But then I had to explain that like, that's a thing it's it's you know like there are people in the world who don't just 
feel that they are, they don't feel that they're male. They don't feel that they're female. They are somewhere fluid between the two. And they, they deserve the respect to be talked about. So like, I may not be posting that on social media, but I'm talking about that with a lot more people than some of these people are just by, you know, Hey, what's up? I found a cool infographic. I'm going to post that on there. Ha ha. You know? Yeah. And, and you, you do have this like crazy position where you can be a, like a major influence on the youth th that you teach. And I, I think that is awesome that you try to educate them in different ways besides just being like a basic teacher, you know, going in, here's your packet, do your work. I'll grade that they shit. The, the basic stuff, they don't learn from me. Mm -hmm. Like what my students couldn't tell you what the hell a noun is. They still, they still call my, my senior students still call apostrophes top commas. But <laughs> that's, that's weird. I've never, I've never even heard that top comma. Yeah, everybody calls it a top comma. But who the fuck is everybody? I've never heard that. Me either. This is the first for me. Dude, I'm telling you, my students call it a top comma. It is a common thing. I've been I've hold, been in this school three years. Hold them back. Nobody calls it an apostrophe. They call it a top comma or just a comma. That is so weird. Um but I don't really care that they call it a top comma. They still know its function. They know what it means. But when we talk about, like, when we're reading Ta-Nehisi Coates or Malcolm X or, uh, uh, you know, any other authors who are specifically writing about race in America, those are the conversations I want to have. I don't really care if they call it a top comma. The basic stuff, they can learn from somebody else. I want to know what they what they are going to do about racism in America. That's what I want to know. And so, like, those are the conversations that we have. And I have a lot of students who are very homophobic. That's not that's not a thing that I can teach them. I can't teach mm -hmm. them not to be homophobic, but I can do my best to have those conversations with them to make to ask them why they think the things that they do. And do your students ever give you pushback? Like, yo, yes. teacher, shut up. I just want to do my work. Yes. Okay. Um, interesting. I, I, I have students who have told me to my face, you know, like I said, a, a lot of, a lot of my students are black. Mm -hmm. I've had uh, a student tell me gay people don't deserve the same rights as us because we had to fight for them. That is what, that is a thing that a student has told me. And I asked him why that made sense. And he said, it just does. Oh, that's weird. Logic. That was his answer. And oh, that's a, yeah, that's not a posse tracker on a fucking Plymouth. Yeah. <laughs> that is. That's, that's a con. That's too, like a conversation that like, that's a normal conversation that I have mm. at school. And, um, a lot of the people who are participating in like the whole cancel culture stuff, they would imagine imagine for a moment that somebody just out on the street told you what i just said gay people don't deserve uh equal rights because they never had to fight for it mm -hmm. how many people do we know personally uh, uh, between the three of us who would just uh either uh scream at that person or never talk to them again 
because of that opinion. Well, I don't have that luxury. I have to interact with that person on a regular basis. I have to talk to that person all the time. And for what it's worth, I really liked that student outside of that conversation. I liked him a lot. He was a really nice person. He was a really good guy. Um, Unfortunately, he had an opinion that I was not on board for, but his opinion was shaped by his peers and his family life and stuff like that. That's not something that I can erase. That's not something I can scream at somebody about. We have to, you know, we can have a hard conversation about it, but it's also in a lot of ways, not my place to tell him you can't think that. Um, Which is why like when I see people who are, you know, if somebody has an opinion that you don't agree with, they immediately go to like, you know, arguing, telling that person they're stupid, stuff like that. Sometimes that's fun to do on the internet. I'll admit it. I do it sometimes. Uh, you know, if somebody on, on, on TikTok tells me they think that the boys is better than Watchmen, I'm going to call that person a bozo. But with things that really matter like that, you got to have hard conversations with people. It's not just, you can't just scream at them all the time. And a lot of times I see people, you know, respond with that, that, that vitriol. And I get it because that opinion made me very angry and upset as well. But I got to put that face on and pretend like it didn't. Yeah. And a lot of the times you see these things happening on Twitter and it's like, that's not the place to have a discussion, right? No, if, if, there's, if there's a spot that limits the number of characters you can type, not made for conversation yeah it's just quick points here and there but if you're trying to like argue with with somebody to try to change their mind yeah it's like don't do it on twitter it's not going to happen you'll end up getting trolled especially too like just over the internet in general it's just you know like if someone can't see your face they can interpret your words to mean things that they don't they can Mm -hmm. interpret your tone to be different um yeah or they can just shut you out entirely just stop paying attention um i actually had weirdly enough i had this conversation via the internet with joe hardcore recently shout out joe he replied to me on saying when someone was like i don't understand why all these younger people and i'm not even a really a younger guy i'm just you know mm-hmm. not 45 uh coming going back to like the new york hardcore thing with like uh, these people being like, oh, I don't understand why all these young folk can uh, talk this way on the Internet without getting their mouths you know, punched. And I'm, I just said, like, dude, the Internet isn't real. So if I say something, it doesn't really matter. You can just pretend it doesn't exist. You don't have to get upset about it. And strangely enough, because I did not expect him to take that position, Joe was just like, no, this is correct. You can say whatever you want on the Internet and nobody has to care you can call somebody an idiot. You can call somebody a dickhead. And then 30 seconds later, it doesn't matter anymore because it's not real. And we all pretend to be somebody else on the internet. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, but I have seen, um, you know, people have to answer for some tweets and sometimes it's kind of funny. I mean, it happens, but like, 
maybe it's just because like I've always been like a scrawny weak nerd but like if someone said some mean stuff to me on the internet you know what I would do I I would go oh that sucks and then I would continue watching anime porn I don't know <laughs> some- <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I, I, I totally get it for, for, for me. And like, I've always said it, like, I don't have enough time in the day for the things that I want to do. So I'm not really wasting it on people who are going to talk shit or, you know, hate Games. me uh, unless you bring it to me. Cool. Then we can figure it out. But if you're going to do it over the internet, I don't care. Do your thing. James and I have had this conversation so many times with like, we think it's so weird that people get mad when other people don't like someone's band. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, People get mad if you're like, oh, I think your band's not very good. That's that's not a thing to get mad about. Yeah, that's fucking weirdo behavior. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. Uh, there, there are some like tough, tough dudes in bands who like mm-hmm. can't take criticism. Like if if you can't handle somebody saying like, I think your band sucks, don't be in a band. Because there's probably a lot of people who do think your band sucks. And this whole idea that like, oh, I'm so tough. No one will say it to my face. Uh, no one's going to say it to your face because you're a baby and nobody wants to talk to a baby. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Nobody does want to talk to a baby. Yeah, because you can you say anything back. They just scream and cry. Yeah, because for um, yeah, and it's not realistic for, for, for you to do some sort of art or whatever and expect everybody to enjoy it, to like it, think it's cool. It's, it's not realistic. Yeah, and this, and trust me, I and I, you know, I do this thing weekly. You guys are in your band, and you guys are in this position. So it's like for for people out there who who live in that you know fantasy that you know think people that think that everybody has to like what they do. It's it's wild. That's yeah. That's, most things suck, and the things that don't suck only suck slightly less than things that do suck. We have songs that we have. I fucking hate some of our songs. It was like yeah, I can see why somebody wouldn't like us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the we like this band is the first of either of the any of the bands that either James or I have been in that people have really seemed to gravitate towards and actually kind of like and we've been I've been making music for 20 years I started my first band when I was 13 years old Mm -hmm. so like I've gone my entire life with people being like hey your band sucks and you know what I do say to that I say oh cool thanks for listening to it I guess yeah or if you didn't I don't care and I tell you what, I've seen a lot of the things I've, I've seen a lot of the bands that people think are good. A lot of times I'm glad people don't think my band is good yeah. just based on stuff they like. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. There's um, there's some bands where I'm like, man, I swear people are pretending to like that because. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't want to say it. I mean, I do, but I don't. But yeah, there's, there's, there's a couple two tree that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. I was gonna name some names, but then I decided not to. I think that band's broken up anyway. You know the band I'm talking about. Oh, me or James? James, he yeah. knows. Oh, uh, I know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I'm not really sure. He's talking about Red Bait. Uh, oh, I wasn't I, talking about Red Bait. Oh, I was. Oh, all right. Well, um, want to switch gears real quick, uh, James? Uh, and and that's fine. I'm you know I'm I'm just not you know do your thing, but. I, I've been wanting to ask you this. Uh, recently, you, you posted that you're leaving St. Louis, and I'm curious. Yeah, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Curious if you can talk about that. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, Drew doesn't seem happy about this, but can you, can you talk about um, why, if it's not too personal, and how it will affect the band? Because you, you see these things happen. You know, these bands, uh, you know, form in like the actual city that they're from, get a little notoriety, and then you know people just feel the need to move different places. And you know, sometimes it works out. The bands, you know, it still manages to stay together and keep things going. But uh, I, I'm just curious as to um, you know what what caused it, and if you're able to talk about it. Um, it's actually extremely personal. I can't talk about it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> my wife uh, hates it here, like really hates it here. Uh, so she's actually from Ohio. We're moving to Cleveland, like the Cleveland area. And um, she's actually from Ohio. Her family is like all still in the Dayton area. And then, so it's closer to her family. Her mm-hmm. current job that she's had here for like the last like 10 years has an office there. So it's, it's a pretty much just like we can go, we can move closer to her family and closer to like my dad because my dad lives in rochester new york so cleveland's like the dead center of both of our families mm-hmm. that we haven't lived near in a long time so yeah i mean that's really about it like we move in we close on our house in three weeks and we're bringing the moving truck to like our closing so as soon as we sign the papers and get our keys we're just throwing all of our shit in the house damn so yeah that's in i think that's in like three weeks from today actually yeah, that's awesome and have you ever lived uh, where you're moving to or is it the first time no uh neither one of us have actually I, I lived in dayton for probably i think like a year and a half and then my wife remembered why dayton fucking sucks uh so then we moved back to st louis in 2018 i think mm-hmm. uh or was it 2017 i don't know it was it was a couple of years back i think i've been back for like three or four years now um yeah neither one of us have we've only been to cleveland four times together i think Wow. Or like as a whole, like either like both of us have only been there like a, a handful of times at this point. We went, kind of drove around, looked at some houses, and we're just like, yeah, okay, I guess we'll move here. That's crazy. That's cool. Yeah, well, I'm uh, excited. I think it'll be cool. Um, we were able to find a house pretty easily. It's a pain in the ass to find a house right now. Um, we found a cool one. We signed paperwork for it here in a couple of weeks, and then I will never, ever, ever speak to Drew ever again. <laughs> so th- this is it. Will will the move happen before the LP comes out? Yes, the LP's <laughs> the LP's not going for a minute. It's at the plant, but it also got backed up along with everything else ever. Mm-hmm. Um, it was supposed to come out this summer, but it's looking now that it's not even going to finish until late September, and then it takes about a month for records to get here from overseas because the the plants and fucking Czechoslovakia or some shit like the Czech Republic. I was getting to it. Shut up. This is from the Czech Republic. So it takes about a month to get here, but Bert's going to do pre-orders for it in late July with like a disclaimer basically being like, oh, hey, like it's going to take a couple months. Okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm out of here in three weeks and then the record doesn't even start going up for pre-order until like end of July. But we've like, we've sat down. We've all, t- I mean, sat down. We've talked about it in our group chat, just like how we're going to kind of navigate things um i i mean they'll just write without me i'll write at home i'll fly home for stuff that's like cool and then they'll just be starting a whole lot of tours in ohio oh okay that's uh, yeah, tours so you start in ohio come out west and just kind of circle back yeah i mean flights flights from st louis to cleveland are fairly fairly inexpensive i can go home for like 180 bucks round trip oh that's not bad that's like so it's, it's not it's not horrible mm-hmm. and like I mean, we're, we have a, a small weekend of shows booked in mid-November, and I think that's going to be like the first time I fly home after we move. Oh, wow. So you guys are on so, that tip. 
because I I've, I've spoken to some bands that are, uh, you know, uh, I had to, I had tours booked even past quarantine. Like when quarantine first started, mm-hmm. I had tours for us all the way up until I book our stuff very very far in advance. Yeah, between like Drew's schedule, Dave's schedule, and then Travis and me both have kids, so like there's a lot of like moving pieces. So I book our I book our our tours in like six month or six month chunks. So like we had tours booked and shows kind of like planned out up until shoot like the fall of 2020 and all that stuff just ended up getting canceled sad but booking tour like booking this weekend that we have coming up in november was really easy like there's some venues that closed down but there's still a couple that are still open Mm -hmm. but everyone's calendar is pretty pretty like open right now so if you book now for the fall you might be able to to string some stuff together if you're able to speak on it west coast east coast it's just in our area we're going to we're, we're we're doing our record release at home on a Friday with Military Gun, and oh, then great band. The next day, dude, I love. Wait, that wait, band. wait. Okay, it, now I have to ask. You mentioned Military Gun. Both of you guys, uh, you know, new songs release on the same episode of Axe to Grind. Now, mm-hmm. was that on purpose? I had no idea that they were putting out music on that. I emailed Bob about a month ago. Shout out, Bob. Like, hey, we have music coming out. Do you mind if you guys? Cause they've been premiering songs and stuff like that. We've talked mm-hmm. about uh, in the past with them with like the split and it just, it timing didn't work out and they weren't doing as much. But he's like, yeah, sure. We'll throw it on there. And then I saw it that morning that it was going to be military gun as well. So I like that band a lot. I like that record. I still haven't bought it, but I like that. And I like RJC a whole lot. I like a lot of the stuff that Ian is involved with. Yeah, like, that, that guy's really busy. And it's, like, and it's like visually and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so, yeah, I thought it was cool. I'm excited to play with them. I booked RJC uh, in October of 2019 and i like that band a lot so yeah we're our record release will be with them here and then tulsa and then somewhere in oklahoma or not oklahoma somewhere in um arkansas the next day and i'll fly home okay well wow. if it happens it, 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 it came together quickly so i'm not gonna be annoyed like if it goes to shit because i kind of have a feeling not that it might it'll be but fine, I, i'm just trying to be like cautiously optimistic about it i hope it happens because I don't know. It's I feel like at this point, I've seen enough to be where I would be surprised if your weekend didn't happen. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of getting to that point too, especially now that everyone's just like, "Fuck it, four thousand people in the park, let's go." And I was just like, "All right, cool." Like, hundred people in this building, that's fine. That doesn't make me seem like a big asshole. Okay. But I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I'm excited. We haven't played a show since we did the LDB pre-show. We've done a couple live streams, but those are like. Mm-hmm. I don't know, let's break me as a person inside every time we've done one. It's not fun at all. Wow. That's that, that's so sad to hear. I'm sorry. But the first one was cool mm-hmm. because it was June. And I was yeah. just like, ah, oh, fuck it. We'll just do this. We'll raise some money for a good cause. It'll be cool. We'll, like play some new songs. And then we'll be fucking back to gigging by the fall. And now it's fucking a year after we had done that stream. Mm-hmm. And then we just did another stream. Yeah. I don't know. They're fine. But they're also like fucking soul crushing but we did get a bunch of free clothes from ben sherman so like yeah okay so now i feel like we're working backwards so record uh you know getting pressed uh you know hopefully pre-orders uh, you said july 
but yeah. you guys have this promo that that's going up. You premiered that song on Axe Grind, which mm-hmm. is super awesome. I, I was really happy to see you guys get that shine because obviously Axe Grind, great podcast, um, good dudes over there, and uh, you know they have a pretty big fan base. So for you guys to you know get on there, especially at the beginning of the episode, I, I thought that was super sick, and I enjoyed the new song. Um, but I, I'm curious, uh, you know, you guys have this, uh, it's a flexi coming out, right? Yeah. It's, and, um, flexi's from Bert mm-hmm. with on safe and separate. There's two different color flexies and he's also got two different colored tapes. And then wide eyed noise has 50 of their tapes. So there's 150 tapes in total. Okay. That's awesome. And how'd you guys, uh, come to, uh, you know, decide to do just the tapes, uh, you know, or how, why did I know he's only, um, did the tapes and not flexies as well? How'd you guys get to that um, point? Flexies are fucking dumb. I hate them. I hate them a whole lot. Um, they're mainly going to be like a promotional thing, Okay. but there are people that are going to want to, we have like people that collect variants and stuff like that. So there are people that are going to want to buy them ahead of time. But after like a few days of them being up, I think, Bert's plan was to, to like throw them just in random death wish orders that go out. Okay. So that, I like flexies as a promotional tool. I think that's cool. Um, I'm excited for tapes. I like tapes. I collect tapes still. Um, wide eyed noise is Eric Pocock, the singer of discourages label. And I talked to him and I talked to the um, drummer of discourage and the guy who runs patient zero pretty much every day. And we're just kind of running through, like the promo stuff and i asked him do you do you want to do like a run of tapes it's like yeah of course and that's how that worked okay well hell yeah that's that's nice that you guys um are coming out with something before the record to kind of hold people over and just kind of be out there because you know sometimes people can uh get forgotten due to inactivity just because there's so much going on all the time yeah for sure these songs were supposed to be like a seven inch um on blind rage from dayton Back in the winter, we were kind of getting everything pieced together, but plant delays were so fucked up then that it wasn't going to make sense because we thought the LP was still coming out in June. Yeah. The LP was supposed to come out in June, and then by the time the set, the the seven inch from Blind Rage was going to come out, it was going to be, um, I think it was going to be like a month before. And I was like, well, we don't want to be responsible for like two sets of vinyl releases for somebody. Like someone's going to lose money. I wouldn't feel comfortable with that, blah, blah, blah. So we ended up scrapping the seven inch with Blind Rage. And then as time went on, we're just like, well, fuck it. I guess we'll just throw these two songs on some flexies just to put something out. Cause we haven't put anything out since the, um, we did a live tape mm-hmm. in, in June through numerality. But I mean, we only did 50 of them and they weren't online at all. You can't listen to that unless you have a tape. So it just, I don't know. It was, I was fucking bored. I want to like design shit for it. So that's kind of how that came apart. It was more just less, we have these songs. Let's throw it on something before the record comes out. Okay. Well, that's uh, awesome that the record you know is, is coming out later this year. Can you tell us how many tracks are on the actual LP? Ten. Ten. Okay. That's a nice number. Even. Yeah. It took uh, forever to write, it felt like. We wrote the record pretty quickly. It kind of seemed like we, like we wrote the first like handful of tracks pretty quickly. But then as recording kept getting pushed out, we would take a song and then spend like a full week just reworking it. Like we did that with every single song, completely reworked a whole bunch of them, completely rewrote some of them and just went through over like a couple of months through every song and ran through everything. And it's a lot better now. I'm glad, I'm glad we ended up having to wait because we were supposed to record in like April of mm-hmm. 2020 and we didn't end up going until like mid November. 
so we had all that time to just sit and concentrate on all the songs i think they're a lot better than they were when we first wrote them for sure and do you guys still have those old versions um the way we write we usually will flesh out a song and then we'll record it like uh like just on drew's phone like a video of it i don't know if he has any of those like old first like versions of those songs i probably do honestly i don't really delete much from my phone um so i probably do have quite a bit of like the earlier versions of like what the songs used to sound like just on videos okay but they were i mean they were they were incomplete like they were definitely not finished versions of of the songs um we were like like james said we were gonna go do recording in april of last year and uh around i mean march was coming around and i was just like i don't have any lyrics written because these songs don't feel finished and like it's hard i don't think we had a full 10 songs i think at that point we were only up to like seven yeah i mean yeah it was it was definitely like it everything just didn't feel complete and then uh I can't remember if we suggested it or if it was uh, uh, Andy at the studio who was like, hey, we got to delay this. Um, but it ended up like we kind of went back and forth, like as a band where some people were just like, yo, the songs are good. Let's go record them. Uh, Drew just has to go write song, write lyrics for them and then they'll be done. And I, I kind of was just like, no, like these songs are not done. We have, we have to work on them more. And I don't you know, like we, we had like a little bit of like, you know, some people, I think there was like two people on one side saying, we need to re go record these now. And then two of us being like, we should work on them more. And then like our bass player was kind of like, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it was really beneficial. We I think it was a good conversation for us to have at that point. Anyway, we were all pretty open and honest with each other and, and it got, it got a little heated, but I mean, I think it kind of sat us down. We all got a little bit more comfortable. And the, the, after hearing the record, it's way better. Like than than if we would have recorded that. So like everyone's in agreement now that, that taking time to kind of refine everything worked out to our benefit. Okay. Um, the i mean the the i really like the songs on our previous release on the, the the gateway city sound i really like the songs on our demo too but um like just the level of songwriting between like that release and this one is i mean it's 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 crazy to hear to think that like we as the people who we are wrote that record and that's not me trying to be like you know like hype us up and like you know i don't know stroke my own nutsack but like it's is that a thing people say i'm no, trying to get no i've never heard that either <laughs> no. but you and jimmy both made the same face it was like yeah what you say that's not a thing kids people kids say all right i'm trying You're to get wrong, wrong. Them shit. you should know yeah i try to i'm not I around to, kids i try to i try to you know latch onto the gen z uh lingo and um, you know saturday night live taught me a lot of it last oh week. god how do i mute you oh, <laughs> okay well okay last thing on the the um promo um i can't tell what the little guy is on the artwork oh that okay so 
that is the there's a place here called the bevo mill okay and when that artwork originally came up it, there was gonna be a lot of references to st louis and a lot of references to dayton ohio uh because the record label that was gonna put it out at the time was is based in dayton i've got a lot of connections in dayton so i was like hiding in all these like weird little things mm -hmm. and that little red guy is like just a statue on top of like a windmill building uh here in st louis Okay, that's awesome. That was all Travis. That was all Travis's idea. He was just like, "Hey, throw that in there somewhere." I was like, "All right, cool, fuck it." Yeah, get, little, in there and... get some hometown pride. I definitely appreciate yeah, that. We always sneak. We always sneak a bunch of stuff like that in artwork, or I always sneak a bunch of like like that crap in there. Like we have a lot of like the Florida lease and like just random little things. I'm I'm excited for the artwork for the LP to like finally come out because I worked on that shit for like six months. It felt like so I'm finally excited for people to actually see it because I finished it like four or five months ago i've just been having to sit on it waiting now when will we see a nelly reference um i think in that record somewhere <laughs> okay i'm i'm curious all right well i'll, I'll be looking I'm forward to, to seek that out i'm trying to think i'm the only one that really like in our band like really fucking rides for nelly i don't know why i just think it's when i think of st louis that's what i think of because that's what i like that's the, that when I was younger and I lived in Texas, I would hear Nelly and I was like, oh, St. Louis like sounds kind of cool. And then I moved here and found out that was wrong. But, you know, Nelly <laughs> can't sugarcoat everything, you know? True, true. I have a beer can in a box that I packed the other day with Nelly's face on it. So I ride or die for country grammar. It's a good record. Hell yeah. I, I, I second that. Great record front to back. Dude, there's some fuck some deep cuts on there yeah some deep cuts you don't know about now i feel like now i'm wondering like are we dating ourselves because i don't know anybody um who listens to you know rap that likes nelly and i yes. granted he's it, it's yes, not like you, you know oh nobody likes nelly yeah like at all people from here don't even like nelly that much. someone someone told us one time when they heard our record they felt the same sense of pride about st louis that they did when they heard country grammar for the first time and then that was the greatest thing that's ever happened to me I was like, oh, fuck it. We don't ever have to write any songs ever again because nothing is going to be as cool as that. Yeah. Which well, is so weird because, like, lyrically, there are no songs about it on there. It's just, you know, they, they just because we put Gateway City in the title of the last record. Well, I'm telling you, people like to be proud of where they're from. So when there's a great band like you guys doing stuff, for the scene and you know and, and the kids in your area can you know, be proud like yeah that band from our area check that out yeah i've got a lot of civic pride for someone who is from a place that like kind of sucks greg gordon said that about us one time on uh his podcast he, he listened they listened to our song like a while back and he was just like yeah like you know it's a cool band they, they're they're gonna play the house soon uh their their guitar player like books a lot of shows there he's got a lot of civic pride for being uh, a dude from a place that fucking sucks and i was just like oh that makes a lot of sense and i wasn't even mad about it, it makes complete sense i love when people are proud of where they're from and, and even for me being like a, and i always clarify i am a, like a transplant i wasn't born and raised in orange county but i have lived here for over 10 years so i can uh comfortably rep it even though sometimes i still feel like a tourist but i'm you know i i love orange county hardcore uh and i will always rep it uh and you know until i die this is it yeah welcome to the oc bitch shout out the OC, first of all, the show. Shout out to Dare for using that the clip. OC show. Amazing. I was listening 
like on my way to work today mm-hmm. uh, and on my way home, I was listening to your uh, interview with Tyler. Oh, okay. man, I love that one because he oh, went off you. on this fucking tangent. I was just like, I equate Tyler with talking about being happy and moshing. And then he was just like, yo, workers' rights. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> so there's the part in there when you guys just start going off about how great the OC is. And I was like, damn, I forgot about that show. <laughs> like, Dude, there was so much more that I wanted to say because I've seen that show front to back so many times. But the fact that I, he hasn't, I, I, I had to hold back. I have like I'm familiar with the show. Okay. Like that's OC is the one with like Misha Barton and Ben, Correct. ben right? Correct. Yeah, H- Adam Adam Brody. Adam Brody, Adam Brody and uh, Rachel Bilson. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then I went to high school with a girl who looked just like Rachel Bilson, wow. or at least in my mind, she Where did. Is she? Where is she today? I want to see her. I want to. I, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I remember like that's my my memory of that show is like oh that's that girl who was puking in the sixth sense. Oh, that's that girl who looks like the girl I go to high school with. Oh, that's Ben McKenzie. That's the guy with the big ass eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yep. remember that guy's name, but he's in Big Daddy or uh, Mr. Deeds. I'm Sandler. No, that's no. not the one. <laughs> not that guy. The other guy. John Turturro. Um, no, that's that's awesome. You know, it, it makes me happy that um, you guys actually listen to the podcast. So thank you. I, Dude, I, I appreciate that. I love interviews with Tyler. Tyler's like one of my favorite people. He's like, a great dude. Through just like meeting through shows and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. both me and Drew really liked his his old band and another mistake. So like, I love when he gets to do interviews because it's you just don't know what the fuck is gonna come out of his mouth. Yeah, I was not expecting him to go on like this long fucking like well spoken thing about workers' rights. I was just like, damn, my man's out here busy at the Kroger, just fucking pissed off. I've heard Tyler talk at length about two things. The first is being straight edge. Okay. And, and the second is every Star Wars movie is good. Oh, that, that's rough. I want to I want to have that conversation with him uh, he, on certain movies. He and I, <laughs> he and I, every time we see each other, we talk about Star Wars, and that's it. That's awesome. Well, since you guys were such a fan of that episode, I guess I'll uh, give some uh, some news. Tyler will be back to give us his uh, review of Black Widow, and we're going to kind of dive into the MCU. So, oh, nice. Yeah. So a couple months from now, um, he'll be back. Great dude. Looking forward to that. He he argues. I'm not sure how you guys feel about this, but he argues that Black Widow deserves her solo movie, which I argue against. So I'm curious to hear what he has to say when he comes on. Yeah, that episode was cool. I was really excited to hear that LDB is going to do a a re-release of the Another Mistake record. I was really fucking excited. I immediately texted like our friend Joel was just like, yo they're re-releasing lives for less and like different colors and like uh, zine and like all this stuff. that's like one of my favorite records that's we covered that in, in louisville we covered that song we covered lies for lust at ldb that's awesome uh yeah. we thought we were being clever by like oh we're gonna cover another mistake another band covered another mistake the same day that we did. no it wasn't the same day it was the next day it was Heartstopper. oh that's right another band covered uh sons of southern darkness his yeah other- yeah that was wild uh Heartstopper covered but I think Heart, Jim Barron is in Heartstopper I believe. Yeah. Yes. And Jim Barron was in Another Mistake at one point. So yeah. like that's that's not that's not cover. He's just playing his own song, man. Yeah. We but covered it. There's there's a there's a picture of from LDB of uh like us playing Lies for Lust and you it's like me on stage pointing at Tyler and Tyler's pointing back at me 
like singing it, singing the words back to me. And uh, somebody like when I saw that picture, uh, I sent it to him like spliced with the Spider-Man pointing at each other. Okay. Picture. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. But, yeah. It's a strange moment. Cause you probably, you know, obviously you're a fan of that band, but you probably never thought that you'd be in that position. That band is a huge, like when I, I, I wrote the the demo songs with the idea of mine. I was just like, Oh yeah. We're just going to sound like another mistake. That's fine. Yeah. No, Great so. band. Extremely underrated from our area. I think. Well, hopefully when they do that re-release, they'll, you know, put a lot of people um, who probably aren't in tune, you know, on that band. Yeah, I think so. It's, it's a good record. Like that's, that's, they're definitely their best material. Like I like, I still listen to that record. I bought a copy of it not too long ago. Cause I re I started collecting records again since the pandemic started. That was like one of the first things I picked up. Cause I bought a copy for like three bucks off some distro. Hell yeah. Okay. Um, did you guys watch, uh, now I'm all thinking about the, um, the MCU. Did you guys have a chance to watch the Falcon and the winter soldier? I didn't watch any of it. Why? I just did not have interest in it for some reason. I love the Cap movies. Okay. Like the first Avenger is like my favorite of like uh, of the MCU movies, and like I used to read Captain America comics a lot. But I just I just didn't really have any interest in it. Thieves gets really offended whenever they like shut the fuck up. <laughs> God. Oh. Anyway, I knew you didn't fucking say that. Non-white Captain America. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. That's exactly oh, wow. what it was. Don't, okay, wait, so then I don't even want to ask you about Superman then. So we'll just stay off. Oh, I fucking love Superman. <laughs> I am so stoked about that, and people are not, and it makes me ang like. Okay, just full disclosure. I don't know if you knew this about me, but I run like basically like a comic TikTok. No, what? Uh, I, I just talked about comics. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. I... Don't be. <laughs> so, uh, right, because of like a lot of the hashtags that I use to like get views on it. Okay. Um, my for you page on TikTok is like nothing but comic related stuff. Okay. And so when that came out, when the news broke, first of all, I I really like Tanahasi Coates as a writer. So the fact that he's writing Superman has me really excited. Um, but they came out with that news recently where they're just like, they like, they said it's not going, like there was all the speculation that it was going to be Valzad, who was the second Superman in the Earth 2 series during the, uh, the new 52 run of DC Comics. Um, and then there was like, oh, maybe it's going to be Calvin Ellis, who's the Superman of Earth 23, who uh, is like, he was like uh, a Grant Morrison creation that was essentially like, what if Barack Obama became Superman? Or what if, what if Barack Obama was Superman? So he's like, you know, like an African-American dude. Well, I guess he's not African-American. He's, he's Kryptonian, but he's a black guy who landed in Kansas and became president of the United States while also being Superman. Um, and DC put out, Warner Brothers put out that, that uh, uh, statement recently where they said it's going to be Kal-El. They never said it's going to be Clark Kent. Mm -hmm. And Calvin Ellis, his name is Kal-El. That's why he calls himself Calvin Ellis. But even, so like, there's all these people who are like, ah, they didn't make it the Superman I wanted it to be. And like, I think that's a really dumb argument. Uh, when we know nothing about the movie other than who's writing it. Um, but secondly, I mean, I saw a lot of people who were like, 
very upset that they're, you know, making Clark Kent black. Um, and the, the majority of people who I've seen say that are like African-American people. Uh, so, you know, they, the, the accusation is that number one, Warner Brothers is trying to save face for all the grief that they gave. Uh, uh, um, why can't I think of his name? The guy who played Cyborg, Ray Fisher. Okay. And, or they're uh, like willfully ignoring um, the uh, 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 already established black supermen that they have. And we don't know that that's what they're doing because all they said was that it will be Kal-El. They never said it's going to be Clark Kent. I thought I was hoping for my boy, you know, over there in China, the homeboy Kong. Yeah, I can't imagine that. <laughs> that would never happen. Yeah, none of this climate. They're, they're, they won't let Chinese Superman be the main Superman in America. Yeah. But I mean, I I think I got a big problem with a lot of comic book nerds who refuse to look at things below the surface. Um. So they like think, oh, they just turned Superman black and they have a problem with that when there's like a whole story behind it. It's not just like, okay, he's black. No, it's like there's there's, I mean, there's you can make so many different statements. You can make so many different statements using a character just by changing the race of that character. And you can make more statements about um the state of the world if you change the race of an established character versus just making a new one that nobody's going to care about in 10 years yeah america's still racist yeah i mean it's that's that's just the way and so when when people are like oh they're changing like they're changing the race of the character just because they can or because they're trying to be woke with Tanahasi Coates writing it, there is a reason why they're going to make Superman black. It's not just because eh, it'd be cool to have black Superman, you know, like Yeah. I just hope they can break and this is you know my opinion. I just hope that they can break this uh Superman curse that I feel that there hasn't been a good Superman movie. Ever? Yeah. I and have you have you never seen the 78 Superman? Uh no, I've never watched that one. It's great. Okay, let me add that to my list. Okay, it, if this is coming from from you, I, I you know I I will respect your opinion, so I will go watch that to to have I, a real one on that movie. I am a massive Batman fan. Okay, like huge Batman fan. I know that Superman is the greatest superhero. Like in in the medium, there is no better hero than Superman. Yeah, he's he's good at everything. Like I I won't argue that. And I, I've never been a big Superman fan, to be honest. The first time I ever read Superman was when uh, uh when Bendis went over to DC. Yeah. A couple of years ago and was writing him. I was like, oh cool, my favorite comic book writer is gonna write this character that I've had zero interest in. Let me check it out. It wasn't that bad. It was okay. Yeah, I I didn't keep up with it. I'm currently reading the stuff that uh, Phil Kennedy Johnson is doing, and uh, that stuff is great. The only DC book I'm reading right now is uh, Suicide Squad. Oh, really? Yeah, because I was a big fan of the the previous run because uh, Tom Taylor was writing okay. it, 
and then they cut that short and then this new guy i'm like all right let me check it out Tom Taylor's Nightwing. I've never, I've never read anything by Tom Taylor. So really, like, I he he got me hooked when he was writing uh, all new Wolverine. That's okay. That's when I was like, this guy, this person's talented. I, I love. I his recognized, work. I recognized his name as the guy who was writing the Injustice comics, and I didn't pay attention to those because mm-hmm. like the video a lot game of and video game tie-ins and just like you know stuff like that. A lot of times, it's not good. True. So, um. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't, he started writing Nightwing and I didn't really have any preconceived, you know, I didn't have any thoughts on him at all. And uh, two issues in, his Nightwing is blowing me away. Yeah, super, um, super talented writer. It's it's the same uh, artist as who was on Suicide Squad with him. So it's like. Dude, I blows my mind that they cut that book short. Like, like it got to issue 11. I'm like, can they just ended it at 12, gave us a full 12 issue run, but they, they didn't, which I'm like, I don't know. I, I wonder why, but yeah, th- th- that team is awesome. It is what it is. I still, I mean, I buy majority DC comics. I've always been like a DC guy. Yeah. But. See, I, I like growing up my, and still to this day, my favorite superhero is Iron Man. I'll, I'll read that comic book no matter who's writing it, even if it's trash. It's yeah. been trash a lot, a lot. But like, I'll also read it. But yeah, I, I've always just been attracted uh, to like the Marvel stuff, maybe because it's a little more, you know, bright. And I don't know. That's just what I grew up uh, reading more of. It's so weird. Like, superman's at dc he's the brightest superhero there is man i, I think it's so strange when people say that dc is dark and 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 warner or uh, and marvel is bright because to me like marvel had all the dark heroes they had they had venom they had carnage they had uh the punisher they had uh you know even somebody like iron man who's morally ambiguous mm-hmm. dc has batman that's that's it what are you talking about he's He's after revenge. He wants blood for who killed his parents, bro. Sure, but yeah, but I mean, he's the only dark character that they have. Oh, okay. I, I thought you were arguing that he was a light one. Like DC has 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 Batman, and see, and for me, I just um, I I don't know, and I, I feel like the fact that I don't, um, I'm not as invested as um into as many of the like the other superheroes in the DC world. Just like like when, when I look at DC. Love the, the the Bat family, and then I love uh, you know um, Suicide Squad because I think it's uh, you know certain writers can write it pretty fun, and then I I love like Dead Man Zatanna, but then outside of that, I'm just kind of like I don't really know what interests me, and then I I try reading other stuff, and I'm just like ah, I don't know. I think um, I don't know. I mean. Maybe I need some real recommendations. And you know what? To, uh, like, okay. So over the years, um, like the point that I'm at now with comic books, I follow my favorite writer and artist versus yeah. like, you know, like I have my established favorite superheroes. Cool. I'll always read those. But now I'm trying to, I'm trying to get more into like, who's writing the cool story. Right. Yeah, for sure. I do the same thing. And it's like, I don't really even have much of a super interest in superheroes anymore. Um, okay. I think once once you've been reading comics long enough, you realize they're the same story. Yeah, yeah, for over sure. And over. You know, it just is. Um, so I got my characters who I do follow. But for me, it's less about like the plot of the story and all about characterization. If if a writer can make a character interesting within the context of their story, that's what I look for mm-hmm. uh, most of the time. Um, and so, yeah, like I follow a lot of writers because I've figured out who's good at that and, and stuff like that. But, you know, the, if I'm looking for something that like 
is really going to be interesting. I'm probably not going to be looking at superheroes. I'll be looking at a crime comic or um, science fiction or, you know, I read a lot of horror comics, which is strange because like I don't particularly like horror in any other media. Mm. Yeah, I like reading like wacky stuff now just because it's just like so ridiculous like i i a couple months ago i, I posted about this uh comic that I, I read it was called uh, ninja nuns and it was okay. just it was just like the most ridiculous like the cover got me it was like a, a it was like a, a, a nun with two swords stabbing through like an alien's chest and i was like i need to know what this is this just looks so ridiculous i gotta check this out and it was pretty entertaining it was like it was like one issue with multiple stories so there's like a bunch of people that worked on on this one book but there's like i think like three or four different stories in there and it was actually pretty entertaining i was like this is this is so different and like you know like nuns with swords and shit it was, it was wacky but fun that's uh that sounds wild, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll send you a link to it so you, so you can check it out if you're interested. Please do. Um, but man, guys, if you, I mean, I'm just gonna plug my TikTok one more time. You need good recommendations, you know? Yes, I want to follow it because oh, when I go on TikTok, um, and this is you know to, to be a, a little transparent, I I I do have like a um like a TikTok, but it's not like a Jamie or Kate TikTok because somebody stole the name. So I'm like, fuck this. I'm never gonna try to do anything with it. So I just go and lurk. So I watch a lot of like K-pop on TikTok. So I would love to diversify my right. uh, my app. Right and- now, right now on TikTok, uh, my big thing that my, my big thing that's getting hits is that I have a series okay. where I just talk about the literary merits of Watchmen. Okay. And uh, it's called Drew Watches the Watchmen. And is this the movie or the TV show that was on HBO? Uh, it's the book. Oh, the the oh, so you were actually talking about the, the book that you're reading? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I I I teach Watchmen to my seniors, so like, I know that book like the back of my hand. Okay. It is. Like, I mean, James's wife is making fun of me. Yes. <laughs> She's in here. That's awesome. Uh, listening to a grown thirty-four-year-old talk about his fucking TikTok career. Uh, hey man, TikTok pays me money. How much money have you paid me? Enough. You ain't never paid me no money. You make like thirty dollars from there. That like I've hey. definitely bought you food to equal thirty dollars in the last ten years we've been friends. I've made fifty one at this point. Damn. Cool. How are you when you make fucking sixty nine? It's growing. Okay, I will. Okay. That's yeah, awesome. I, I I I'm part of the creator fund. TikTok pays me. That's hey, get it where you can. That's awesome. I, I'm not gonna hate on that. I am. More so, more so, like I became part of the creator fund just to see if they would accept me because I found out that like I met the requirements and I was just like, oh, there's no way they will. And then like within two seconds of of sending out the request, I got like an acceptance email. Yeah, because the Chinese spyware that's in that app, they're like, oh yeah, well, let's see how we can steal this guy's information. Yeah, the Chinese can see all my dong. I don't care. <laughs> Oh, what do you, you put your dong on TikTok? Yeah, <laughs> well, if they're spying on my phone. They've, they've, they've definitely seen my dong. That's crazy. Oh, I didn't even ask you, but you have an OnlyFans, right? Oh, fuck. No <laughs> <laughs> way for me to get out of this. Oh, man. No, James, you got to say this is amazing. I love talking to oh. both of you guys. No, it's not. See, you think it's amazing, but then you hear the same fucking story about this like several times on every fucking podcast we've done together or every interview and he's just like well this story was a joke but then like people want payments to see my dog so that's what i do <laughs> fuck you drew fuck you forever that's okay. why i'm moving i wish we could move sooner 
That, that's awesome. Well, I, I like James' rendition. He went straight to the point. Awesome. That's what it is. It's going to take 45 minutes to be like, yeah, sometimes I crank it, my fucking hog on the internet, and people give me a couple two-tree bucks, and I buy Q-double with it that day. That's, that's about it. It's a burrito crank fund. Call it what the fuck it is. Amazing. All right. I, I love your guys' relationship. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to add that okay. to... I'm going to put it on, like, on on the site. Burrito crank no. fund. No, nah, man. It's cranking for Qdoba. Yeah, you Crank might get more money. They're like, oh, this, this dude just wants burritos? We're going to hook it up, make sure he gets his burritos. Hell yeah. Okay. Sponsored yeah. ad. Just uh, I can't... Uh, burrito. I, in, in, you know, like... I think that people think that I'm joking whenever I talk about that. Because mm-hmm. um, I've gotten people who, like, reply to me and they're just like, you've brought this up several times. I never bring it up myself. It's always like somebody asks me like on, on Instagram. Fair. So like, uh, and it's always the same guy asking me. Uh, it's the same that person. Part's that part's true. <laughs> Sorry, Erica's, Erica's face is just like this the whole time. <laughs> it's the same dude who asked me about it. And then I tell him and then he like doesn't believe me. But I, you know, I, I can't like talk about it a lot because of like my job and stuff like that. So like, yeah. yo, head up my fucking link tree in bio. <laughs> I have a link tree, but it's some fucking shekels from a cranking. I have a link tree, but it's just like donate to my classroom and then listen to my band stuff and buy our shirts. And that's it. Mm. Awesome. Okay. Last thing uh, before you know, we go, if you can, what's the name of the LP? Halfway down. Halfway down, out later this year. That was really anticlimactic. Halfway down. All right. No, I I appreciate you guys being so open, uh, you know, with talking about the LP because I understand that it's, uh, you know, a a ways away from coming out. Obviously, hopefully, pre orders out in July. Uh, You know, two new songs should be upstreaming. by the time you're listening to this, they should be upstreaming. So make sure um, to go check those out. Yeah. But um, the song, uh, the song uh, 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 wrapped up is streaming uh, a demo version of that that we recorded last summer. Uh, yeah, old scratch. A demo version of a song called Old Scratch uh, that is one of my favorite songs on the record. It has it has my favorite guitar part of the entire record on it at the end. So I'm really excited about it. What part uh, is that? It's that part that that lead that Dave is playing over the the end. Oh, at the end. Yeah, um, that's 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 my favorite guitar part on the whole record. It gets me uh, absolutely hyped after I listen to it. I go make OnlyFans content, and so yeah. then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, their demo versions. Uh, if you like those, uh, the actual finished LP version blows them out of the water in terms of quality Hell so yeah yeah definitely okay that's super awesome before we go um you know uh i know drew just kind of went off which was awesome uh hello friend and i but james do you have anything else you would like to say before we go uh hold on what is your email i can't just i'm gonna just i'll I'll give it to you i'll get it from you i'm gonna send send you the record okay thank you um yeah um my email can be found out there, but I just don't want to say it on air. Just I, I just want to get any more weird stuff. Phonezone69 at gmail. I'll fucking dox you. Yes, that's going to be <laughs> jamielargehog at aol.com. I saw a thing the other day that said if a dude calls it a hog, he's definitely a Trump supporter. And I got so offended by that. Oh, that's such a bummer. <laughs> I got so mad. 
I cannot let them take hog away from me. All right. Fight yeah, that's a good it. one. Shouts out the word hog. Fight for your yeah, hog. Yeah, that's, that's my last thing I want to say. I just want to shout out the word hog real quick. Uh, also, that's 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 about it. I don't want to say anything mean. Okay. So, not going to say anything at all. All right. Well, there you guys have it. Shout out St. Louis Hardcore. Shout out Time and Pressure. Shout out you guys for coming on the podcast again. This is a blast. I appreciate it. Thank you guys all for tuning in, and we'll be back soon. Bye.